Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. I've found uh, in the past few weeks of lockdown that uh, sometimes I've said something that I really wish I hadn't said. Um, what was the result of that? Well, I fell out with people. Relationships were damaged and harmed. Uh, how did I feel? Uh, pretty awful, to be honest. Um, you know, one occasion was going to take a dog out on an extra long walk just to process the frustration, the anger that I was feeling, um, just so I could calm down a bit. You know, I felt angry about the situation, but I also felt a bit guilty for the way that I'd responded and, and the way I felt I'd failed as a believer. Um, you know, what other possible outcomes might there might there have been? I could have stayed angry for ages. Uh, I could have convinced myself that I was right as a way of protecting my pride. You know, but we have to consider what impact would that have had? Uh, you know, if I'd stayed angry, if I'd stayed proud and got, you know, stuck on my own, uh, my own uh, conviction of what was right and wrong, I'd have ended up staying proud and that relationship would have been damaged, possibly permanently. You know, the right action was to make amends and to apologise for the way I'd reacted, uh, which after some time I did. You know, we'll always get things wrong. You know, we've a God of mercy. Unfortunately, he covers it when we get things wrong. Um, but sometimes I think we underestimate the power of the words that we speak. Um, you know, it wasn't enough for me just to forgive my friend. Um, you know, it, it was going to take more of that. Um, I had to do extra work. I had to go and apologise to them for what I'd done. Um and uh, seek their forgiveness uh, for my response, um, you know, both for their sake and my own. You know, it wasn't enough just for me to go and, you know, um, expect them to say sorry to me. The reality was both sides had got something wrong and it, both sides needed sorting out. You know, our words are powerful things. They can cause damage in a moment. Uh, one careless moment can cause a huge amount of damage um, and our words have an impact not only on those around us but also on ourselves what we speak has an impact on what we say uh, on what we feel and what we think verbalizing things makes an impact on us on us as well as everyone else have you ever found in your life that maybe like me you've said something only to regret it maybe moments or days or even years later you know, you might, as I'm saying this now, you might even have a thought come to mind of a moment that you regret, uh, have always regretted saying that thing you said, and maybe it's never been dealt with. Um, and, uh, you know, that it shows the impact of our words. You know, these days we can be so proud of what we say, um, you know, and we pretend like we have no regrets. Uh, there's this, you know, life, life comment that people would say, you know, oh, you know, I don't have any regrets, um, uh, which is a really dangerous place to be, to be honest. It's a really proud position to put yourself in. Um, you know, but the, the danger on this kind of thinking is when we just decide that, you know, we don't have any regrets or we don't regret anything we've ever said. Um, it has an impact on our, our mental and our spiritual health as well. Um, you know, we can say something and decide that it was what needed to be said uh, without any consideration of the damage that we might have caused by saying those things. You know, when we set our minds, you know, we've definitely done the right thing and we purposely push back any thought that we might have done anything wrong. Um, it changes us from that moment on. The way we relate to all sorts of different people can be changed because of one moment. 
And not only that, not only does it affect us, it affects the world of this, the other people that we're dealing with, the other person, and that relationship and their, their world can be irreparably changed. You know, in this season, in the COVID-19 season, where we might be in close proximity with others, these attitudes can be dangerous to our relationships. And in this season, the pressure is on for us to think about what we say and how we say it. You know, with, with my example, the reality was that I acted out of my stress and out of my fallen nature uh, rather than out of my God-given nature that I received upon salvation. You know, we are given a new nature when we are saved. Um, and it's important we get a biblical perspective on things um, like the impact of what we're saying and what we're doing. Um, we're in our tested faith series looking at the book of James. And today we're on chapter three, verses one to twelve. So let's uh, read this together. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by very small rudder, uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, reptile and sea creature can be tamed, and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh water, fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. That's James chapter 3 verses 1 to 12. Um, and there's, there's three key things in this passage. Um, firstly, James addresses those who are teachers, those who teach God's ways, um, reminding them of the greater degree of judgment that they will that they will have to face on their day of judgment. That's something that bears down on my shoulders, just being reminded that, you know, the, what I teach, um, and I know it's the same for all the other people who's, who preach in BFC, uh, is a weight of responsibility because there is a greater judgment to come. Um it's a it's a big responsibility and one that preachers rightly have reverence towards. You know, James points out in his in his passage that a perfect man is the one who doesn't stumble in what he says, the one who's able to hold uh, to be in charge of his whole body. Jesus is the only one who can truly hold this title. Uh, his words are the only ones that we can completely trust. You know, make sure to check your teachers because they aren't perfect. They will get things wrong. Um, and the only way we can know safety in what we're being taught is to check it ourselves and read our Bibles. Secondly, James goes on to explain uh, how our, how the tongue or our speech works. With a horse, you can control them by the pressure of bits in their mouths. Um, you know, I know there'll be lots of horsey people out there who'll be able to explain this much better than me, but there's like a combination of um, being able to control the reins and your leaning and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, but the, that bit in their mouth is a key part of controlling where that horse goes. 
Uh, some horses take a harsher bit, some take a softer bit. Um, and uh, different horses have, have need different bits. Um, but they are controlled by that bit. Part of that control is, part, is using the bit. Um, and what James points out is that where the, the, the mouth is led, the body follows. You know, a piece of metal bar in the mouth helps the whole body to follow. Um, along with that, he points out how a, a small rudder compared to the size of the ship, a large ship, um, is able to steer the whole thing's course. You know, even as the wind guides them along, they're not just going with the wind. There is something guiding them and the pilot is controlling the rudder to, to help direct the ship and where it's going. You know, the tongue, our speech is something that leads us. Uh, it doesn't only, you know, we don't, our, our mouth, um, you know, our speech isn't just like the expulsion of sound and then just carrying on. You know, as we hear ourselves speak, it has a leading effect on us as well. As we speak things out, that has an impact on us. Um, you know, and, and then James goes on thirdly to observe the effect of an unbridled or an uncontrolled tongue. He describes in detail the kind of devastation what we say can have. It causes fires for others and ourselves. It can lead us astray from the way we've been called to live. The way we speak can lead us astray. He points out that even wild animals can be tamed, but that no human can tame the tongue. Fourthly, he explains the kind of trouble that double, uh, kind of kind of double-mindedness our speech can have. It's like how we can pretend on Sundays to have it all together, to speak nicely to each other, to praise God with our brothers and sisters, hands raised high, singing out his praises. Um, and the moment we get out of that situation and we're back in the rest of the week, we might be um, slating other people, um, gossiping about them, uh, having a go at them to their face. You know, one day we bless God and the very next day we're cursing other believers. James highlights how big an issue this is by reminding his readers that when we slander others, we pour out curses on them, about upon them, gossip about them. That's what that's talking about. It says curses. Um, you know, we're acting against those who are God's image bearers. Do you know that you're God's image bearer? If you're a human watching this today, you bear the image of God. God created you in his image. And when you slander other believers, other other humans, you slander those who bear the image of God. Yeah, and it's like when we slander other people or gossip about other people or, or have a go at other people uh, in a sinful way, and we're actually doing it against him. We're doing it against his image bearers. We deny the value that other people hold, that people hold inherently by being God's image bearers. You know, would you gossip about God in front of him? Would you, if you're standing right there in front of you, you know, would you gossip about him? Would you slate him? Um, you know, I can't imagine I'd be able to do that in any circumstance with God standing right there in front of me, the ancient of days, the holy of holy, the holiest, <laughs> holiest God um, being in present in front of you. Like this fantastic description in Revelation of the ancient of days, of Jesus, the risen Lord. Um, you couldn't stand in front of him and do that. You'd be on your face. Um, you just couldn't do it. And so I think we need to have in mind the fact that people are God's image bearers, that whenever we feel tempted to gossip or slander, let us remember who they stand in front of you as. 
uh, the image bearer of God. And finally, James concludes this passage by pointing out how the kind of damage that's done through speech shouldn't be so. Uh, this kind of it reminds us that a spring of water pours out one thing at a time. You don't get uh, a spring that pours forth fresh water and salt water. Um, it's you know good pure water or salty water. You know a fig tree grows figs. He says an olive tree produces olives. A grapevine produces grapes. You know it's about what they are. What they are um, affects what they produce. And I think this is a really key thing for us to be thinking about today. You know when we try and apply this passage of scripture from James. Let me ask you, what's your identity? Are you a, a stagnant pond or a, a clean water pond? Let me tell you, if you're in Christ, if you're a believer, uh, you're a clean water pond. You can draw water from your new identity in Christ, you know, pure and lovely things that bring life to those around you. You know, we're all works in progress, you know, but we've been given new identities as Christians. You know, we have to choose whether or not we're going to walk in them, though. In Luke 6, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In Proverbs 10, verse 11, it says that the mouth of the righteous is, is a fountain of life. When we know our identity is in Christ and live out of that identity, rather than living out of the fallen identity that we were born with, we will know righteousness and we will speak life to those around us. We will be constructive rather than destructive in our speech. There's a fantastic line in this passage that says, you know, no human being can tame the tongue. We can't control our tongues, our speech, by beating ourselves up about our speech. We can't control our tongues by sheer will and self-control. We control our tongues by handing them to God to control. And we do that by being reminded of who we really are. We're children of the King. If you're a believer joining me today, you are a child of the King. You know, and we're those who have known living water poured out uh, for us by Jesus. We've come to the spring of eternal life and we have consumed of it. And now we know the freedom that comes from it. We can know the freedom that comes from the water that Jesus gives us. You know, let us not be tied up in our old ways of thinking. Let's not be tied up in our, um, uh, our sense of self or our sense of lack of value. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Um, you know, he loved the world so much that he loved, uh, loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son to die so they may not perish but have eternal life um he did that for you if you're uh, whether or not you're a believer he, he sent his son to die for you um and uh that's what that's what we can draw on god gave you enough value to send his son to die for you let's not live out of our sense of not having a value let's live out a sense of the value that god has given us and then our speech, our language, the way we treat each other will change when we recognise that God did the same for them as he did for you. He sent his son to die for you. He sent his son to die for them uh, so that you may have eternal life. Um, and that's the value that God puts on, on us as people. 
you know, let's not be tied up by the old way of things. It's really tempting. We live in this sort of now and not yet. We know that we have this new identity, but we also know we're fallen and uh, are sinners in some ways. Um, but let's be set free by living and speaking out of the new life that Jesus gives us, the born again nature uh, that walks by the spirit of God and spirit of freedom. In this COVID-19 season, let us choose to live in the identity that God has given us, that of being a child of God, one who has, by the grace of God, inherited eternal life in his kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your great mercy uh, on us, Lord God, that when we get things wrong, we can come to you and know forgiveness, that grace gift of forgiveness for us, Lord. So grateful for that. And I pray, Lord, that in this season where our tongues could cause such damage, our speech could cause such damage, particularly as we're in close proximity, I pray, Lord God, that you'd help all of us to remember the value that you've given humankind uh, as we're thinking about other people who might be frustrating us or getting too close to us or whatever, Lord. I just pray that you'd help us to remember the value you put in them, the value you've put on us, and let us treat one another uh, in accordance with that. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to draw on the identity you've given us, Lord Jesus, uh, and live out of that rather than out of the salt water that we might feel like we are. Let's live out the pure water that you've given us, Lord. Let's be people who speak life to those around us. I pray, Lord God, that you would be with us and working through us this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.